We're coming to you live from Morris Media Studios on Crenshaw Boulevard in Lamert Park with veteran radio producer Felicia the Poetess Morris. This is Off the Record, where we talk with people about our community, its music, our history, and our culture of speaking up to understand how Councilmember Marquise Harris Dawson serves South LA. Welcome to MHD Off the Record. I'm Marquise Harris Dawson, council member for the 8th District of Los Angeles, representing South LA, but here I'm just MHD. Here on Off the Record, we focus on engaging people with big ideas and learning more about each other and our community. Today, I'm very excited. Our guest is a bit of a, a local celebrity. He is Chef Martin Dreluck, the chef de cuisine at Post and Beam here in South LA and formerly of Hatchet Hall in Culver City. Uh, you might know Chef Martin from his work on the Netflix docu-series, High on the Hog. This was a um, series about how African-American cuisine transform America. There's a whole part of that show that he's the featured uh, guest with. I first met uh, Martin at Hatchet Hall in Culver City. Uh, we had the opportunity as a team to participate in Hemings and Hercules, right. which is a program that Mr. Draylock was a uh, one of the producers of where uh, there was a series where the chefs made food exactly the way it was made 100 years ago, 200 years ago, sort of at the founding of the U.S. And Hemings and Hercules were both slaves of Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. And uh, Hemings, I believe, was the first... I'm going to let him tell the story in a minute, but I got so excited about it, I just I can't stop. Hemings was the first celebrity chef sure. in the history of the United States. Can you just tell us that story and Definitely. how you arrived at the work? Um, so, I mean, the story is basically that uh, Thomas Jefferson took Hemings to France uh, when Hemings was 19 and, and um, basically paid to have him trained by the top chefs, caterers, and pastry chefs in the country, um, culminating in him being like the first American chef, black or white, to uh, cook in foreign, foreign embassies, which would have been Jefferson's house, um, and just lead some of the top culinary programs in France. Then upon their eventual return, it was kind of his... Uh, responsibility to bring the recipes for the things that Jefferson found that he liked to eat while he was out there. So he comes back with thing with recipes for things like macaroni and cheese. Wow. Uh, ice cream, French fries, ice cream, uh, macaroons, waffles, macaroons, like a whole, waffles. Whole list of stuff. Wow. So, um, it's a pretty cool story. Well, yeah, that is a very cool story. I you only told a part of that when we ate some of the food that that yeah. you cooked. Um, all of those uh, dishes. Is there a place where people can find out all the things that were? Because we we don't know that. Our folks um, had anything to do with the existence of these things. Yeah, in the for US. sure. Um, I mean, for me, it was really just reading things. Uh, obviously, the High on the Hog book itself was was an awesome read. Um, the President's Kitchen Cabinet, um, the Washington and Jefferson websites, respectively, kind of have done a, a an okay job of, mm -hmm. of explaining these things. I don't think they'll ever be perfect, but um, you know, they th those are some some pretty uh, common resources for that I use. So. So exciting. Any any plans to do anything like that in the future? Absolutely, man. I'm looking for places at the moment to do them, obviously, for Black History Month in February. Oh, great. Um, I'd like to be able to really kind of, um, you know, blow it out and celebrate them uh, properly um, for like a little... Hopefully more than a month, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, yeah. Start, we'll start in February. Well, you know, I think it's very popular. I think every... Uh, I, I look. I think everybody who cares about American history, Black history, likes food, should uh, be a part of those uh, that series because 
it's one of the places where our history just kind of gets glossed over. It's right. like, oh, there was slavery and it was really bad, and then it ha- and then it went away. And, right. You know what I mean? And suddenly we were eating chitlins, right? <laughs> right, like, right. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. you, it just doesn't uh, it doesn't get told. Uh, so super excited about that. Want to know when you are going to do that or when you get that figured out? Because you know, as a council office, we'd like to promote that. And, oh, for and, sure. And I, mean, city, I, would, I would love and appreciate that. City, well, maybe we can get if City Hall opens back up after uh, COVID. Maybe we get you down to City Hall Man, to I'll be down to uh, to show us some stuff there. So, talk to me about yourself. How do you get this relationship with food? Uh, you know, how do you grow up? I know you're you're from the community. Uh, how do you grow up? How do you get the relationship with food, and how does it translate into what you do now? Um, so. I grew up basically in West LA. Uh, my grandparents, my grandfather owned a barbecue restaurant called Dembones Barbecue. It was located in Santa Monica and Barrington, kind of by the by the courthouse over there. Um, and then my grandmother was very heavily involved in civil rights um, and put a uh, an, an emphasis on on that for me as I was growing up, um, mm-hmm. and so that I knew my history. My grandfather was my number one like idol, as person I looked up to the most for sure. And so I wanted to follow in his footsteps and go into cooking. Um, I didn't initially want to do like savory. I knew I didn't want to do barbecue. Um, I thought I didn't want to do barbecue, so I was doing pastry instead. Uh, I did that for a little while. It wasn't really for me. And then I switched to savory and uh, kind of took off. Uh, I was fortunate enough. For us amateurs, savory means things that are not sweet, right? Exactly. exactly. Sorry, anything that's not uh, like pastry uh, related. So yeah, uh, I took off from there. I was fortunate enough to work at um, some cool places and meet some good, strong uh, friends and mentors for me. And uh, they really helped helped me throughout my career. Um, And then at Hatchet Hall, working for for, uh, Brian Dunsmore, he had started this dinner series um, kind of focused on history. And that's really like when it kind of clicked for me of like, man, all the stuff that my grandmother used to tell me mm-hmm. mixed with like my grandpa's love for food was like, yo, you should just tell, you should tell this story when we ultimately came across their name. So um, that's kind of how it all came together. Got it. And for you, uh, I want to hear more about your training too, like how you went and, you know, got your chops to where now we call you chef. Chef de cuisine. Chef, chef of the food. Yes. Chef yeah. of the food. Like <laughs> that's a whole thing. Uh, I want to hear more about that, uh, sort of how you trained and then what for you is a home run? Like what is, you know, I show up to post and beam in the morning or whenever. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like that was a really good day. People really dug the food or or how does that how does that go for you? Oh, um, I mean, like a good day for me definitely comes in and my prep guys have already made breakfast and (laughs) I'm coming in at like 11 or 12 and they're just like feeding me Uh Uh, and it starts my day off right because they're probably food they make is as good as any food that we would serve on the menu like Mm -hmm. like no kidding and uh yeah and then just you know making sure everybody's prepared for service that we have everything Mm -hmm. um that if we've gotten to test out some new stuff before we put it on the menu um but really just you know as long as as long as the restaurant doesn't burn down, man, I feel like wow. it's, a good, it's a good day. You know, uh, as long as we're able to come back the yeah. next day and still yeah. do it, like we're, yeah. we're, we'll be good. So, yeah. Uh, quick question: We were talking about this a little bit before we went uh, hit the record button, but the restaurant business is struggling now. I know you were telling me that Post and Bean isn't open for lunch, for example. Right. At the one point before the pandemic, it was right. hard time uh, getting folks to come back to work. Some of that is related to. The fact that people could get find other ways to make money during this time period. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but you also talked about how tough the work is uh, yeah, for, yeah. for what you get. And, and uh, can you talk to us some about that? Absolutely. I mean, just even just from a uh, cook's perspective, I try to tell people that working in a restaurant in the kitchen is almost the equivalent to cooking Thanksgiving dinner every day. 
Um, so the demand that it takes to cook Thanksgiving dinner every day, you know, can get uh, gruesome, you know, and, and tiresome after a while. So um, there's that physical demand. And then obviously the demand of, of a customer um, who doesn't always care that you're shorthanded or, or that the prices of something went up. Um, so it's going to cost a little bit more now or, you know, this person called out, whatever. They don't they're, they're not worried about that. They want their meal, uh, you know, as soon as they show up. So uh, it's turned off a lot of uh, employees to to working in restaurants uh, when you don't have to. You can make your money without taking some of the the verbal mm-hmm. uh, the verbal mm-hmm. abuse that, mm-hmm. that can come along with it. So that's right. So we should all remember when we're in that restaurant and things are not quite going as we feel like they should. Please, maybe right. g- maybe think about giving the person a break because they don't have to show up to work. And right, if they don't right, show up to right. work, there's no restaurant. I mean, like right, our situation. Right. You know, a lot of not just posted meme. A lot of our restaurants in South LA were very fortunate. We didn't lose any restaurants during the pandemic, but people have cut back their hours. Absolutely. Um, and including Post and Beam. So so that's uh, something I think everybody can remember and something every, everybody can do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Just or be cognizant of. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. So tell me about your training. How'd you learn to cook? How'd you, you know, um, get into the restaurant business? And, and really, like I said, kind of following my grandpa's footsteps. I knew out of high school I wanted to cook. It took me a little while. What to high school did you go to? Culver City. Col- okay. Um, it took me a little while to get into culinary school, but I, I went to eventually went to the Kitchen Academy, which was then bought out by Le Cordon Bleu, and then mm-hmm. I believe Le Cordon Bleu is. is shut down i believe now so yeah and then i started working at joe's doing pastry joe's was a restaurant in abikini in venice uh, it was a michelin starred restaurant um so it was like good to see such you know high-end uh work right and then um that's really where i met a lot of a lot of my core friends uh in the in the business that um have still i still have relationships with today so but yeah it really just came down to working there realizing i didn't want to do pastry and then understanding like i need to put in a little bit of extra work to uh get good at this if i want to if i really want to so uh, a lot of my outside friends from my personal life i didn't get to see them a lot because mm-hmm. i was really trying to mm-hmm. get somewhere uh in in the business so um but i was fortunate because obviously my my True friends are still, you know, still yeah. still around. Yeah. So, but uh, it definitely was just a whole lot of hard work coming in extra, uh, yeah. coming in early, staying a little bit late, um, mm-hmm. and just you know the sacrifice that it takes the to grind. be good at, at any skill. So. Like I like it. So now you're posting beam. Uh, what's your uh, assessment of the black food scene in, in LA? I know we have sort of peaks and valleys. We ebb and flow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how would you describe it uh, at this time? Um, I think it's growing. I think. Um, I mean, unfortunately, obviously with COVID, a lot of businesses closed, but I think it's given a lot of opportunity for the next generation of of uh, restaurateur to come up. I think it's also going to be filled with a lot more culturally diverse food as mm-hmm. opposed to just maybe soul food. You know, you're going to get a lot more of, of like your West African foods and, mm. and Jamaican foods. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot more um, than just black American culture that's mm-hmm. going to come out in, in food uh, in the coming months and years. Mm-hmm. So uh, at least that's kind of what I hope for because that's yeah. diversity. Yeah. Is not a bad thing. What's your most popular dish to make, and what's the funnest? Uh, uh, just in general, yeah. Um, I think the most fun dish I have uh, is definitely that I enjoy making the most is the is the head cheese, just because wow. I like to I like to challenge people's taste buds and and uh, comfort levels uh, with food. And the most popular, um, I mean, I think I've done some cool stuff with rabbit that have been uh, really. That have been um, pretty well received. So yeah, it's definitely something. No nah, man, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something I'm trying to get onto our menu at at, uh, at post. So all right. Oh, you're trying to get rabbit on the menu at post oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. So yeah. everybody, stay tuned uh, for for 
uh, what's going to happen at Post and Beam yeah, there at sure. the, the Baldwin Hills Mall. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I, my family's from the South, so things show up on the table uh, that, you know, were sometimes difficult to explain to my friends, like <laughs> sure. frog legs, you mentioned rabbit, uh, you mentioned head cheese. T tell us about head cheese and um, that history and how that makes it to our tables. Cool, uh, the head, head cheese, um, it's obviously exactly like it sounds, it's, it's head, it's pig's head. I like to serve it, especially in the Hemings and Hercules dinners because um, I think the way it was made was disgusting and they mm -hmm, still ate mm -hmm. it. Um, they basically would cook, take uh, whole pig's heads and soak them in a lye-based liquid. Uh, the lye would obviously eat off all the bacteria and it would be the chef's job to daily come by and like skim off all the mold and all the, the dirt that would come to the surface. Um, and it was actually considered a delicacy mm -hmm. um, at the time and, um, uh, and a symbol of like refinement. And so, you know, that's not how I make my head cheese. I, I basically just brine uh, and then slowly braise the pig's head until the all the meat falls off uh, and then season it and pack into a uh, into a mold and then mm -hmm. portion them um so i think it's a, it's a cool dish and i think when people think of head cheese a lot of times you're thinking of what they get in the stores mm -hmm. which usually uh, is accompanied by like this really gelatinous yeah. stuff that um is really just the liquid that they cooked it in all the way reduced down till it's a thick jelly um yeah. so but yeah, I just like to challenge people's taste buds yeah. with that and, and try to serve it to them in a way that they're a little more accustomed to. So I try to serve mine like an open-faced uh, ham and cheese sandwich. So you yeah. get some toasted bread, some mustard, uh, some melted actual American cheddar cheese, uh, pickles and, and onions, and then um, you know a nice piece of head cheese on top. So Yeah, uh, thank you for explaining. I never knew quite what it was, uh, <laughs> even though it appeared all the time. I had um, a, a relative, one of the seniors in my family would do up and he lived for a long time, 93. He would do in the afternoon hogshead cheese and a little squig of cognac. Oh, nice. Every yeah. day. Every day. That's what, <laughs> helped him, that's what helped him live so no, long. I, he, he, <laughs> and he was happy all of his days. So so I can dig it. The other staple. So we're coming, um, we're in the holiday season now. Thanksgiving has just happened. Talk to us some about the staples. You kind of blew by that black people invented, brought mac and cheese to the U.S. Sure. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk to us some about mac and cheese and, and some of the staples of, of African-American cuisine. Um, I mean, you know, there's so many um, from black eyed peas to collard greens, um, sweet potato pie. Um, I think there's just so many. And, and uh, it's a lot of ingredients that were uh, originated in Africa or brought along uh, with the slave trade um mm -hmm. so um i think it's a beautiful thing how we've just been able to to kind of take back these things and turn them into such delicacies uh that the whole country enjoys you the know yams not just, and the, yeah yeah you know and it's not just black food anymore it's mm -hmm. it's really just it's really american food um and even unfortunately we don't think about the the origins of them sometimes right so. right, right right well it's important i mean out of struggle always comes uh, yeah things absolutely. that we carry forward absolutely uh, and so it's important to remember to remember that cool. so in each and every podcast uh, we have guests that i think are cool and uh interesting and smart people so we create some time where they can ask me questions uh there's not a lot of time when the council member answers questions so here you go this is uh your opportunity to fire away that's my two would or my two questions would be uh, what influenced you to get into to politics in general um, and then what are the, some of the things that you enjoy uh, eating? Um, so I'll start with what I enjoy eating. Like I love a good macaroni and cheese. Like okay. I know every mac and cheese in the city. Like okay. if you serve mac and cheese, I've probably had it <laughs> and I can give you a very detailed review. For sure. <laughs> on, on, on what's good about it, what could be better. 
so that's kind of my uh, that's kind of my jam uh, going out to eat. Second is a you know a really good grilled cheese sandwich sure. is choice. Have you had our short rib grilled cheese at Post and Bean? I have had the grilled cheese sandwich at Post and I Bean. I love that thing. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, between Post and Bean and and Hilltop. Okay. You all's yeah. you all's grilled cheese competition. <laughs> like I I could go either way depending we just on the do day. that one day. And yeah. Have a cook off. There should be a grilled cheese contest. I feel like at Inlemert Park one day. Yeah. Let's <laughs> the how we can put that together. We put that in. Um, you know, I got into politics. Uh, the way I got into politics is very interesting to me, at least. I'm in the third grade. It's Black History Month. Teacher takes out this book that has a list of Black History people in alphabetical order, and they say, you know, you know, Andre Adams, you know, you're gonna do Benjamin Banneker, and they kind of go down the list. And when it comes to my name, I get Martin Luther King. Right, okay. And I kind of heard of Martin Luther King. I mean, I knew that, you know, it was a thing. Right. But then I started reading, and I was like, oh, this is like really cool stuff. I was like, how do you get a job in this? That's, that's <laughs> so, awesome. That's awesome. So I just started following activism, okay. you know, from nine years old, and you know, I had there were a lot of adults in in my life who friends of parents who were activists, you know, people who were in the, involved in the Black Panther Party, sure. uh, people who were involved in a variety of movements, the anti-war movements as well. Um, and, you know, sort of grew up under those folks right. and, you know, went and got training and, and eventually ran for office. Nice. So that's cool. There that's it is. cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that childhood influence uh, definitely is obviously influential as to, yeah. to what you're going to be when you grow up. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I really credit my parents a lot because from the time they saw that I had an interest, and this was true for my brother and I, as soon as they, they like stoked it, like nice. I was interested in politics a couple years later, like I'm standing in front of Jesse Jackson when he's running for president. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's cool. Whoa. Like, right, you know right, what I mean? So right. you, it makes you feel like you get validated one, I think, which is important for young people, but two, you feel like there's opportunity and you can, if you, like right. you, if you put in the work, you know, yeah. you're sitting there watching your grandfather, you know, if I put in the work, I can make this happen. Right. Right. Absolutely. So Absolutely. cool, 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 cool. All right. So we're ready for the lightning round. All right. So uh, I got some lightning round questions for you. And this means you get to just take a beat and you got to answer first thing comes right, to your mind sure. and whatever happens, happens. Favorite radio station or playlist or podcast to listen to while you're cooking? Man, um, probably Jalen and Jacoby's podcast. Wow. Sport, sports podcast. I'm a big it. I'm a big uh, J&J fan. I love Jalen. Yes. Man. He's yes. so cool. Not going to be able to do it. Exactly. Favorite <laughs> South LA movie? Um, I think um, I think we were talking about a little bit uh, yesterday, uh, along with the book, with books, uh, Devil in a Blue Dress. Um, I love, wow. love Walter Mosley um, mm -hmm. stuff. It's not necessarily South LA specific, but it's it's LA specific. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. I, I definitely love the, those series. Uh, so barring Post and Bean, because you, you're uh, unfairly biased, favorite right. South LA restaurant? Um, my two cents. My two cents. Yeah, I love okay. that place. Um, I love that place. Nice. If I could have a restaurant, I would want it to be uh, in that style from size yeah. to the way they make you feel when you walk in the door. It's yeah. obviously the quality of the food. So I, I think she does. Chef Alyssa does a really good job over there. It's like a high quality diner. Yeah, kind yeah. Of but like, still serving um, soul food. You know, yeah. Still serving like healthier options of soul food. It's yeah. not necessarily like swimming in pork. You know? Yeah. And, and no, so, there's. There's soul food that makes you need a nap afterwards. Right. And yeah, then there's exactly. soul food that you can continue with your day. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> and my two is. cents is the kind that you can, uh, then, then you can continue with your day. What are you reading right now? Um, well, I just started uh, probably for like the third or fourth time. Uh, the Art of Happiness by the, huh. Dalai, the Dalai Lama. Huh. Um, Interesting. I've tried to, it was a book that my grandfather got when I was a little kid and I remember him reading it. 
and I've tried to read it quite a few times. Um, I'll get through parts of it mm -hmm. and then be like, man, I got to put this down. That was a lot. I got to think yeah. about this. You got to absorb while. it. Absorb um, it. Absorb it. But yeah, definitely yeah. like the art of happiness. Um, I've been trying to actually finish that right now. So real quick relationship between food and happiness. Oh, it's everything, man. Like who's not happy when you eat? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's, uh, there's times when I, I'm even at work and whether I made it or not, where I'm just like, man, food is so good. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's ridiculous how, how food, <laughs> how good food is. So, um, I, yeah, I think they're, they go hand in hand. Absolutely. Nice. nice, nice at least from, you know, for myself. So, uh, you said your, your, uh, favorite thing to listen to while you're cooking. Something we ask every guest on MHD off the record is what records do you listen to? What kind of music do you feel, uh, to get a vibe? Um, I, I love soul music, blues and soul, um, mm -hmm. uh, anything from like BB King, Charles Bradley, uh, Otis Spann. Um, I mean, just anything from the fifties, sixties, uh, of Motown. But yeah, just any, anything soul. Uh, obviously, hip hop. I love hip hop. Of but, course. But um, what know. hip hop are you hearing these days? Um, man, my favorite artist uh, is a guy named Brother Ali. He's yep. actually an albino, an albino Muslim. But mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. uh, is he put out something lately? He just put out like a five track uh, record like EP? On, okay. on Spotify. Oh, okay. Um, I have to look for I'm that. not sure if it's like a. Uh, it's a precursor to another album. Yeah. But he usually he tends to do um, concerts around my birthday. And, oh, cool. Okay. Uh, so for very inexpensive, which I obviously appreciate, so I don't have to spend hundreds <laughs> of dollars. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, you know, your, your common ones, your Kendricks, yeah. uh, um, Drake's, all, like mm -hmm. those types. But definitely... Uh, I've been more on the soul, soul and soul blues. And blues. Like, all right, all right. Sure. You're, you're probably our first blues band on MHD right, yeah, off the I'll record, so, so we appreciate that. it. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, listen, there was a time uh, in South LA where we had to get in your car and drive for miles and miles and miles to get good food, but especially if you wanted to go to a sit-down restaurant. Right. And a sit-down restaurant with a bar, it was even uh, more uh, difficult to come by for you know a date or for a family meal or for anything. And so now, uh, fast forward, we have you know dozens of restaurants right. from you know food trucks to you know walk up stands to lounges to sit full on sit down restaurants, full service uh, restaurants. So it's exciting to see folks like you breaking through and really creating history in South LA because yeah, this it. is a new landscape. I mean, when you were a kid, there there no, weren't no, places yeah. like Post and Bean Absolutely. and My Two Cents and Alta. Right. And I could go on and on and on. And so I want to thank you for everything uh, that you do and invite everybody to go to Post and Bean it's at 3767 Santa Rosalia Drive. Yep. Uh, the shorthand for it, it's at the Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Mall yeah. on the on the west side of the lot there. There's plenty of parking, there's plenty of good food and plenty of uh, good vibes. Thank you so much to uh, Chef Martin and thank you for listening to MHD Off The Record. Thank you for joining us for this conversation on building community through entrepreneurship. Special thank you to Morris Media Studios for hosting our podcast. For more information, please visit mhdcd8.com and follow at mhdcd8 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to like, rate us five stars, subscribe, and share the podcast with a friend. If you rate us four stars, you're a hater. <laughs>